It's the late 1800s. The silence in the small town of Heidelberg is broken as horses gallop through the gloomy night and police officers search for the escaped prisoners of Heidelberg jail. Meanwhile, the same prisoners are sneaking back into their prison cells. Returning from a late night trip to the liquor store, they overhear the wardens on the radios talk about their brazen temporary escapes. More than a hundred years later, these vintage radios are still being used, but this time for trapped spirits to communicate with people working and visiting the cold, unearthly hallways of the Heidelberg prison. Whether it be from wind, touch or sound, it seems there's some form of supernatural communication between this world and the next. The prison was not always a prison. At one time, a part of it was a hospital. But so many people having passed away there, perhaps not everyone has left. I was sitting waiting for, the, for the, a group of tourists to come and have a look at the building. I was all alone here. It was 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I was sitting here playing on my cell phone, waiting for the group. Everything was locked. And the next moment I heard this baby cry. Um, I walked into the uh, hospital, the first hospital that ever built in Heidelberg. Um, and the baby, the baby stopped crying. But I felt uh, thousands of eyes looking at me. But I just looked at them and I closed the door and I came back again. Afterwards, when the sinner was here, he told me it was Cecile. Um, she died and her baby died in the sick bay where the baby was crying. And uh, she did give me a hug to say she's sorry that she disturbed, her baby disturbed me while I was sitting all alone outside. And that to me, I still feel it in my arms and the goosebumps when I walk in there and I speak to her. And uh, she also um, spoke with another group um, uh, uh, using uh, one of the old radios, the Second World War radios, as a medium. Uh, she also spoke to them. That's Evert Pistorius, the current keeper of the prison and the old bull of the memorable Order of Tin Hats. He first encountered the two spirits when he heard the piercing cry of Cecile's baby years ago. She apparently sits in a room filled with the old war communication devices where even South African psychic Gerald Berger confirmed her presence. Heidelberg Jail was the first prison built in the town in 1867. In 1888, they had to rebuild it because it was said the walls were too thin, allowing naughty prisoners to escape. It was in operation until 1963, but after that, it was left deserted for the next three decades. Until a rescue, a revitalization occurred in 1997 when the Heidelberg Town Council began leasing the building to the Mots. The Mots is described as an organization dedicated to the country's ex-servicemen. With the help of the Heidelberg community, the Mots restored the old jail to its former glory. With its concrete walls, hard grey floors and heavy doors, the jail has been transformed into a museum where not only the history of the jail is preserved, but from looking at the rusted rocket shells, helmets and jackets of soldiers who wore them during the world wars, the jail is also a window into the country's history. Ebert has been there since the beginning of the jail's restoration, and by now, all the ghosts know him. 
but his first encounter with a supernatural being at the prison was with a dog. It's not surprising to think that an interaction with man's best friend would become a friendship for many years to come. Seeing moving objects was the first time that I realized there's something going on in the jail. Afterwards, um, one of the main things was seeing a dog. I was standing in the door where I was sitting. I was alone in the prison. The prison was locked. But it was a real... It, <laughs> a dog from all different fathers and mothers that you can think of. Um, but he was wagging his tail. He wasn't actually wagging his tail. He was wagging his whole body. He was looking so friendly. And I was sitting there. I was very upset because there was some interference with the prison. People wanted to take over the prison. And the next day I had to, to hand over the keys. So I was very depressed. But looking at that dog, smiling and looking so happy, I realized that, oh, maybe... Maybe I mustn't be like this. I must be happy and try and keep on fighting. If a dog can look like that, you know, see this, um, then I must feel better about it. And I stood up and I, I thought to myself, okay, I'm going for it. And uh, the dog ran into the, the old prison. And I was looking for him, and I'm still looking for him. But luckily, the old sinner, Gerald Berger, saw the dog. The day that he walked, for the first time we walked into the prison, he opened the dog, he said, Hi, look at that friendly dog. Aside from the dog, Cecile and her baby, there are also two other ghosts that Evert knows of. There's Harry. He's tall, an older man with a beer belly, his shoulders hunched when he stands. Well, that's the shape we saw on footage caught by paranormal investigation group Phoenix Paranormal SA when they visited the prison. Harry likes to cause mischief with Evert by not making the doors open on first try and turning the lights on after they've been switched off. But Evert doesn't seem to really mind. It's as if Harry is showing the lighter side of the ghostly world and he's just a friend playing pranks on another friend. Yeah, Harry is actually just... We called him Harry because on the uh, Royal of Honor, the, he was a Corporal Harry... And uh, I think that was the only uh, name that we can uh, uh, say, you know, um, because other names were so difficult to, to say. So we just called him Harry. And he was the main ghost. He's always walking with me. He's always with me. It doesn't matter where I'm going. You're like his best friend. Uh, he's, I'm his best friend, yeah. He went in, go into the, the uh, Sapir, as I explained. Uh, the Sapir is the person who's in charge of the jail. He can't take him, so he won't go into the Sapir's office with me. Uh, but he's following me. Uh, funny enough, when Gerald, the senior, walked in, he immediately greeted Harry as well. And his real name is Harry. And, uh, yeah, he's like a guardian angel to me. <laughs> I won't say angel. How can I say a guardian something? Companion. Uh, a companion. Yeah, I think that's a better explanation. A companion to me. Uh, going through and walking through this, this whole place. Harry walks around most of the prison, but when approaching the room, which is now the ladies' bathroom, he stops in his tracks and doesn't enter. That room is said to be where the warden of the jail resides, the Scotsman, as he's known. 
It seems that his warden's sternness transcends into the next universal realm with even Evert not being very fond of him. One frequent visitor of the prison, Ada Rautenbach, had a frightening experience in that room, but it's not confirmed whether it was the Scotsman's doing. The first experience was in the ladies' bathroom. There's a, as you get into the door, there's a, a table, a wooden table. With a, there was a big vase on the, on the table. And um, it's wooden floor, so yeah, the floor does move a little bit, but um, all the times we went in there, that vase was standing there. And the one time I went in there, the vase, it was like the vase was thrown off. Because if you go in there, and even if, if it's a wooden floor and some the wood is loose, you step on it, it will just fall over, not like somebody throwed it on the floor. That was my first experience. I was very frightened when I got out. I told you that about it. When Evert enters the open area outside his old office, he extends his hand out, almost reaching to touch unseen figures. It appears there are many of them. He does so as a way to acknowledge them. Back then, these prisoners, who are now ghosts, would go into the room, that is, Evert's old office, to receive their punishment for any transgressions they've done during their time as mere mortals trapped in human form. At present, the ghost won't enter that room anymore or even near it, thinking about the awful things that could have happened there. As stories about these ghosts continued, the spirits were upset at some people coming to the prison with wrong intentions, and they made their feelings clear about that. A certain group of people, I don't want to mention names, came here with the wrong idea, looking, trying to find the, the ghost and so on. Um, they got the ghost very cross. Uh, they were very upset with the whole thing. And they, they appeared into um, snakes. Uh, they appeared to me in snakes uh, all over the place. And... Uh, I, when I saw the, the hole where they went into, I sat down and I spoke to them and I explained to them that we are trying to save this place um, for them to, to stay here, to be happy here and so that they don't break down the walls and anything. Uh, we are actually fighting for them. And never again I saw a snake in this building. Evert's relationship with these goats has since evolved into one of respect and even affection. I love these people. I love it. It's, to me, it's something, uh, they're looking up uh, to me. They listen to me. Uh, they even uh, attend all our meetings and things to listen to what I'm saying. Um, so to me, it's, it's, it's sort of part of, it's more than a friend. It's something special to me. Ghosts is not a real word. That I, I, I don't like calling them really ghosts. I think it's just companions, or what do you call them, that, that can't come to rest. They are trapped spirits between two worlds. Remember, they, they can't tell you that they like you or love you or whatever um, in a way of heat, you know, warmth or something. They all do it. Actually, it's, it's so cold. It can, it's, like frozen 
feeling when you give them a hug or something. You get ice cold. But it's not a cold cold because inside you're still hot. You feel something. But the feeling of the people, I can feel them. Uh, the cold on my arms. And uh, that's also somebody who showed me how to come sort of communicate with him while Evert and many other visitors have interacted with them he warns others who are specifically looking for proof of ghosts to not bother what they they should know and to me it's more important for them to know the historical value of this place what happened years ago with people in prison I don't want people to come here to, to look for ghosts because I can't show them the ghosts really and say there's a ghost or whatever. If they experience it, good. But I would like people to come here, have a look at the old historical building and how prisoners lived, where they bought, where what happened. When you think about prison ghosts, you think wicked, evil spirits who want to continue their misdeeds in the afterlife. But on the contrary, it appears they're just lost souls, still trapped in jail, and have yet to find peace, or maybe still repenting for the sins they committed when they were still alive. It's quite sad, really, but with a man like Ebert, it's like they found some solace in him, a confidant, and for Ebert, he has another family. In our next episode, we visit Victoria Hotel in Pretoria. Listen to more stories of the unexplained. This episode of Haunted was produced by Abigail Javier and Ahmed Kaji. It was narrated by Ayanda Nyati and edited by Peter Turon. To get a sneak peek of these ghostly places, visit ewn.co.za forward slash haunted.